Well, we've had a bit of a gap, but we're back. Uh, welcome to Night White's podcast, episode 162. As always, I'm Jack, joined by KC. Hello. We'll keep the tradition, even though we've had a friendly now, so I can say it's new season. Episode 162. Mark Rocker, darling, there are 10 pins in my heart. You have knocked over eight. Won't you please pick up that spare? <laughs> um, nice. Yeah, so we'll... Basically, that, that Simpsons quote jumped into my head because after the friendly last night, there was so much traffic that we went and killed time with a couple of pints in Hollywood Bowl. <laughs> yeah. Do, do you think Mark Rocker knows what brunch is? Uh, he just knows that you get a good meal. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we'll start with a friendly, even though it doesn't... It's a bit of a weird order to do it in because there's a load of stuff that happened before it, but we'll start with a friendly, just because it was nice to be back at a football match. Uh, what four 0 win over Blackpool? Uh, Cock, Furpo, Rodrigo, and Matteo Joseph with the goals. Uh, what did you reckon? Um, we're going up. Whatever that means <laughs> in the Premier League, we're going up. As in what from seventeenth to sixteenth for promotion, Champions League, Europa League, Conference League. One of them. We're doing something this season. Yeah. Renewed your passport when you get home. Yeah. <laughs> Um, no, it was it was good. You know, obviously the the internationals not being involved was was kind of expected anyway, given how everyone felt about the the Nations League games and all the other competitions going on. That really we could have done with this summer, either having a World Cup or Betty, or if that's not the case, then no internationals whatsoever. Yeah. Um, but no, it was it was it was nice to see them out there, and obviously. Kind of gave you an idea of one who he who we really want to actually take a look at before making a decision on them, um, as well as you know just the knowledge that um, Joffe is getting at least seventeen goals in the Premier League this season. Yeah, well, that will be a question in a couple of weeks. Um, so yeah, there was a few interesting things from it. One, I just thought. Obviously, it's a friendly and you can't read much into it and Blackpool weren't great. But they did look a bit more a bit more comfortable in the shape than previously, which was good to see. Uh, I thought the front four was very interesting because it, it was sort of 4-2-3-1. Gellar up front and it looked really like Greenwood at 10, Rodrigo right, Harrison left. Yeah. For the most part. Um, and I'm wondering if that's where he's... I mean, I think that long-term you're going to see Rodrigo on the bench. But I wonder if that's the position that Marsh is most fancying him in. Yeah, I, it wouldn't surprise me. I, 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 he's never... like He has the ability to do it as a sort of an inside forward, which kind of, I think, does work for Marsh's system as well to, to kind of still play a bit narrow anyway. But it's it's not something he ever really did in these last two seasons. I can really think of certainly didn't do it for any period of time anyway. Yeah, I was surprised at that because we assumed that he would be like probably up top with Gelhart, and then you'd probably have Greenwood playing in that role. But ended up a different way around. Uh, I thought the front four all had some nice moments. I think that. Although he scored a goal, I think Rodrigo was probably the weakest of the four. Which was weird to say, because like he's technically that good. But I, I really, I was in, so impressed with Gellar, as always. And I, I liked what Greenwood did as well, and Harrison. Yeah, I, I think you, you got a very typical Jack Harrison performance. Very, you know, a lot of hard running, occasionally holding onto the ball a bit too much, but trying to get forward. Yeah. Um Gelhart had a couple of great moments getting in behind or making runs. Some of them where the pass didn't come off, obviously had the, the goal disallowed as well, which um, I think was probably just about the right decision, but um, he, he looked yeah, like it. I wouldn't say I've seen that back. The TV angle makes it look onside, but it's from the halfway line. And where we were in the ground was actually probably a slightly better angle. And you you immediately thought that it was just off, didn't you? So I think it probably was right. 
Yeah. But it um, was a very good move. Uh, Rocker, Matt Rocker played a really good through ball for Furpo, who Furpo was Furpo. Going forward, he was a real threat and looked great. And whenever someone ran at him, he looked terrified. So he was just like that. But going forward, he was really good. Uh, played a really good ball into Gellart. Good finish. Offside. But it wasn't long after. It was uh, Harrison took the quick free kick, didn't he? Again, Furpo running in behind. Gets in and square for Robin. arriving at the back post. Yeah, Robin Cock in absolutely acres. Good finish. Uh, but there was some good, a load of good moments of good football. Um, we talked about the front four in the first half being good. The midfield two was probably the bit that I was most focused on during the game. Just because I really wanted to watch Mark Rocker. Because in theory, he's the type of player I love. Uh, and what we saw early on was really good. But the more surprising thing was who was lined up alongside him, where Archie Gray started in a deep midfield role. Yeah, I when you read the team to me, and you kind of read it out as as Gray and Rocker, but I kind of heard that and thought it would have been Greenwood more than any of them, because I know, yeah. obviously, not that Jesse Marshall will have paid that much attention, I don't think, but he had that run of playing centre mid for the 23s. He played him there against Brentford. Yeah. Um, you know, he has he has the ability to do it. But no, he looked he, he looked very good to, did uh, Archie Gray, very composed on the ball, didn't look particularly ruffled by anything, and which you know is always a possibility. I know it's again, I know it's a preseason friendly, so you might only be playing against opposition at sort of eighty percent speed, but this, this, he still dealt with the physicality of it well for someone of his build at this point. You know, I don't want to really be talking about a 16 year old needing to hit the weights. Mm. Um, but yeah, he, he was great. Rocker's distribution was fantastic. It's just always looking for that. For that. And I suppose it's it, in that regard, it's kind of the replacement to Calvin Phillips' ability to play that pass because. Very similar in that regard, that you know, looking for the diagonals at times. Um, but yeah, I, I thought those two did very well in the middle. Yeah, and I, the most fun thing with Rocker was obviously he was really good on the ball, barely gave it away. But there were two times where he did give the ball away, and he did not look like he was in any way fussed about flying into a challenge, except for the two times he gave the ball away. Where he immediately lost his rag with himself and really went for it. <laughs> he was clearly very pissed off with himself the second he gave the ball away. Uh we Go punish himself for it. Yeah. And with Archie Gray, I mean, Jesse Marsh has been quoted after the game as saying that Archie Gray will play this season and the 16-year-old is a first team player. Which is Amazing. a hell of a statement for someone who you work in a school. Has he even finished his GCSEs yet? Uh, it'll be there or thereabouts. It, it's not far off because we've only got about two weeks till the end of term or three weeks right. till the end of term now. So, yeah, you and you kind of finish your GCSEs a bit early, don't you? So, yeah, um, yeah, since so season will be kicking off around results day, I imagine. Yeah, <laughs> although in his um, position, I don't think he'd be too fussed about them now. Yeah, we can, uh. We can talk about the other two the other two goals in the first half here. After Furpo set up the first one, he did something that we did see a fair bit of at the back end of last season. He got his head on the corner, flicked it on. It didn't look like great goalkeeping. No, uh, it wasn't, wasn't a particularly powerful header. No, but decent header on target went in. And the the Rodrigo goal was sort of from a set piece, wasn't it? Because it got cleared out. And then Archie Gray hooked it back in over his head. And it was one of them where like four people are offside. Yeah, but Gelhart isn't. And yeah, back in- it was it was just arms up and about seven Leeds players running back. Yeah, and Gelhart Gell to- just kind of always did that thing of just hanging back there a second for. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he was absolutely fine. It, it yeah. probably took a little bit longer to, to get it in than it should have done. but Well, I was going to say, I'd love to say Gelhart took a good touch and then decided to pass to Rodrigo. But what he did was take a touch, get it stuck under his feet, get a bit closed down by the keeper. But they had so much room, but he had time to pass it to Rodrigo, who then scored. Yeah. Um, I think Jack, Jack they, Harrison had a, a, that, that, a chance not long after that as well, where he probably should have hit it first time after a 
a nice bit of play in and around the box that one where he, he took a touch and then another yeah. touch then all of a sudden he was five yards wide of where he started and you're like oh well that's gone yeah they did play some really nice stuff and blackpool although there weren't much of a side in a friendly you would expect them to get something and the really we did limit them completely what they got I'd, well, they didn't get it, but the one thing they got was uh, pelters for Richard Keogh. Well, you know, he should have walked home. Like <laughs> He should have well, gone in a taxi. Yeah. Um, we've talked about the forwards and mid- midfield, so the defence, because we'll stick to the first half because it's basically a different game. Uh, back four, I thought, was pretty good. Furpo, let's say, the, he was still had a couple of Furpo moments, but he was pretty good. Strauch barely had anything to do. Cock barely had anything to do. But he he had a little bit more to do and he seemed to really do it well. He seemed to... I don't know if Blackpool's forwards are slow, but he seemed quicker. It was, uh, it's Gary Medini was up against, to be yeah, fair. Uh, that, yeah, that'll be right. Uh, uh, but the, the interesting one, even though obviously there's loads of injuries, so we ain't got any right-backs. We ain't got many right-backs, but Cody Drama started. Yeah, it will be... It will be interesting to see what happens with him. He, he had a good game, and I know mm. they they because the, the, they had the talks when he returned from the loan last season. Um, so it's, you know, definitely a chance to to take a look at him, and I I assume he'll be on the the plane to Australia anyway. Oh, he'll definitely because in fact, like he should be second choice right now mm. behind Christensen, you would think, because he'll be obviously he'll be third behind Robin Cock. Yeah, well, that's we'll see with that. No, he, he he did well. He's got the athleticism for it. Loves to get forward again, which we all like. Defensively, didn't have a whole lot to deal with. To be fair, mm. um, his but... runs from deep were good. When it's obviously a tactic because Firpo did it as well. But when Rocker got on the ball, or sometimes a centre back pushing out, if they they go. The way that they were doing it basically was if Leeds got got the ball, the far side central midfielder would drop in and almost form a back three with the two centre backs. So if it was on the left, Gray would drop in. If it was on the right, Rock would drop in. And that was the more common one. But sometimes the pressing would go on to the midfielder. So the right or left centre back would end up being the one that comes out with the ball. But whenever that happened, the usually the far, the the fullback who's opposite to that midfielder would make a lung busting run down the wing. And Drama did that over and over again, which was really good to see. Um there's no point talking about Melier because I think he made one save. Yeah. It a low save that there wasn't much to do. So at half time, uh I haven't got we made four changes, I think. I, yeah, I should have written this down. We did a uh, clack, clack, at the bar. Yeah, Classen for Melier. Um, Jeremiah Mullen came on for Robin Cock. Yes. Um, uh, Amari Miller, Am- Miller came on. Rodrigo. For Rodrigo. And who was the. What was the. Oh, Leif Davis. Oh, yeah, Leif Davis. came on for Furpo. So Leif yeah, Davis, Davis is very good. Davis is a. Is a yeah. Alive and well, and uh, is under consideration. Yeah, well, I was going to say, of those four, he's probably the one to talk about. Um, there, there wasn't loads in this game really to stand out with Leif Davis, but he really, if he can be in any sort of form for the next three weeks, he'll give himself a real chance because it's not like it's not just that Furpo has been a bit of a bomb scare at times. We literally haven't got anyone else that's an actual left back. We've got Yelder and Strauk. Yeah, it's. And um, I think yeah, I I could see us being in. I could see Yelder being our starting left back. A couple of weeks into the season. Yeah, there's there's not, and at the moment there's not really anyone heavily linking us with there's, a left back either. There's there's one. It started with Football Insider, which is not great. But it has gone around a few other places where they've been like, maybe there is some truth. We have been linked a little bit with Josh Tymon at Stoke. Yeah. For, for like six million. And he apparently had a very good season last season, but I can't say I watched a lot of it. I remember when he was like, was he like 17 when he broke through? 
He was hmm. he was really young when he was when he was at Hull and he was playing. Uh, but he he only played five games for him and went to Stoke for like a decent amount of money. Um, but yeah, he's probably the only real link. So it's still looking like Furpo's going to be first choice. Yeah, and, and I know I'm jumping the gun a bit now, but going off the squad numbers, uh, Charlie Allen, second choice striker by the looks of things. Yeah, that was weird. I wonder if they just forgot to print him a shirt because there's no way he's number 16. Yeah, because <laughs> it, it, it was that odd thing. And it, for both teams that you're playing a friendly, but we're not putting the names on the back, but we are giving you your squad number. Yeah. And everyone had their squad number. Like, you know, Amari Miller, Jeremiah Mullin, everyone had their squad number. And Charlie Allen at 16. Yeah. So weird. then on about the hour mark, we made all but one of the rest of the changes. And again, no notes. So let's see if we can do this. So Drama went off for Shackleton. Then it was Mullen and Strauch went off for Chris Moore, who yes. came on the left centre-back. Then Leif Davis. We had a centre midfield then of Adam Forshaw and Lewis Bate. The... Was Forshaw the... Oh, yeah, because uh, Archie Gray moved forward. So, yeah. Yeah, Archie Gray moved forward. Yeah, um, weirdly... And this, I mean, not that it matters much, but Forshaw was on the left and Bate was on the right, which I thought looked a bit weird and seemed to not help their passing ranges as much as it could have been. Um, Harrison went off. Who will have been on the left? Because <laughs> we went to Archie Gray and Mateo Fernandez up front. Uh, Miller on right. Sean McGurk came on on the left for Jack Yes. Yeah. The way they've listed, then, sorry, I'm on the website. The way they've and listed then five the transfers, uh, throw it off. Yeah, and then about five minutes later, Archie Gray went down with a little bit of cramp, so they took him off and they brought on Charlie Allen. Oof, done well to get that off the top of my head. Um, the rest of the season. Yeah, so yeah, that those were the changes. And obviously, with all the changes, the game did get a bit more scrappy. We didn't look as fluid going forward, except for the goal, which might have been the best move of the match. <laughs> Yeah. It's a shame really that he nice. finished with a big deflection, really. Yeah. Really nice bit of passing gets Jamie Shackleton in down the right, uh, sort of just inside the box. Pulled back to Matteo Joseph. Struck it well, but I think it was probably getting saved. Maybe it might have even been right of the goalkeeper, and it went straight in the bottom left corner. But he yeah. looked pleased to have got it. And although they didn't have a full side out, they still had seen a lot of senior players on the pitch. So our 23s being decent against them was a fairly good sign. 21s, they're not 23s. They've changed it this year. Yeah, I mean, you know, we finished the game with Farshaw and Shackleton as senior pros and Leif Davis. So, yeah, yeah, you know, Mullen and Moore were never really troubled. Mullen had that one slip. Where he gave away a dangerous free kick on edge at box, where he literally lost his footing. Yeah. But outside of that, I was pretty impressed with him. He was confident coming out with the ball. He seemed to pick his passes quite well. Yeah. Even the ones that got intercepted were him like trying that right centre back ball into the forwards, which is the kind of pass that we need to be playing if we're going to play this way. So that getting intercepted 70 yards from our goal is not necessarily a bad ball. Yeah. No, it was uh, like you say. Ultimately, second half was was like a lot of preseason friendlies. Once you once you've made all the changes, the it, everything had slowed down. Um, the, the there was the element maybe for the for the defenders who had to deal with a couple of qu- quite big physical Blackpool players, but no, I, th- I thought we did fairly well keeping the ball, moving it around well without for really having to get out of second gear. Yeah. Well, the friendlies more coming up. We've got Brisbane Raw on July 14th, Villa on the 17th, Palace on the 22nd. And then the uh, Sunday, July 31st, is the last one, which is the, I suppose, traditional home friendly, Calgary at home, which I think is like a 6pm kickoff. Sure, why not? Yeah, which I'm, which is a very weird time to have a game on a Sunday, but I'm okay with it because I couldn't get out of work, but I can finish by like four. 
Mm. Um, so yeah. So yeah, as for our first friendly, well, second friendly, it has now been officially confirmed that we did beat Stoke one 0 and Bamford scored after it just floated around on Twitter for a few days. Yeah, it's um, it, I do love this this time of year. It has to be said, like you said, there's something quite nice about watching. Well, I was going to say a seven o'clock kickoff now officially a seven ten kickoff mm. on a really nice warm evening. Um, fortunately, in the shade still. Yeah. For us, but I, there there is that little bit we go. Oh, summer football would be really nice. Yeah, but I love winter football as well. So just just never let it stop. What like you're saying pre- is we need like the league finishes and then it starts again two weeks later. Are you saying we need the Premier League? Yes. <laughs> In the summer, this is the XPL. <laughs> the NBA does it. It basically has a reserves league. They have their reserves league in the summer, so. Uh, didn't know that. Yeah. Well, speaking oh, yeah. of reserves, the first one of the transfers out I've got on this list, because there's been a load since the last podcast. To say how long ago our podcast was, Mark Locker wasn't even confirmed. Although we did talk about him because it was nearly done. So the first one on the outs list, uh, Ryan Edmondson, Carlisle on a three. It was going to happen. He, he's never, never really been involved for since, since Bielsa was there. No. So it was it was time for a break for him. Now I still maintain that there was a little bit of time in the championship where it was a bit unlucky because we just didn't have a striker on the bench for like seven games, and he probably could have been that. But no, he's never going to be there. That hopefully he does well, but we'll see what happens with him. One that was. A little bit more surprising, just not because of him, but because of our squad situation. Uh, Liam McCallum's gone to Stoke, undisclosed fee. I'm assuming it's a very low fee with a decent sell-on clause. Hmm. But like Liam McCallum did all right, made the bench a few times. He, he played a game, didn't he, I think? Yes. He, he came on I against always, someone. I always get them mixed up with... When McKinstry came on, it's 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 him, McKinstry, and McGurk. Because yeah, well, I'm, I don't McGurk hasn't played one. I don't think no. But yeah, the uh, Liam McCallum's gone to Stoke. He did all right for us. Uh, he still never really seemed like a left back. Even though he was playing there the whole time, but really, really quick, had something about him. But with us having hardly any left-backs, I was surprised that he was the one to go. But yeah. I think he maybe has decided that he needs to play now. Um, which is fair enough, because he, he's 21. It's not like he's 18. Yeah, it's... Uh, sorry, he came on uh, against Arsenal. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so he came it, on... Again. It was There's a something about Arsenal. There's something about Arsenal because uh, that's where Niall Huggins got his game as well, wasn't it? Yes. When he played Rob, left Robbie back for his, when he played left back for 23s all season and then played centre mid against Arsenal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, awesome. Onto onto a more senior name, someone who infuriated all of us at times, but still did get a bum rap off the fans a lot of the time as well. Tyler Roberts. Uh, QPR loan for the season, an option that is around four and a half million. You know, I, I really hope he does well. I, I, I've always said that the, the problem for him was that he went from being a backup striker in the championship and pl- and maybe starting 10 games a season to then being a backup striker in the Premier League. And the fact he, he never got a good run of championship football was never going to help him then when you throw him in against Premier League defenders. And playing like so much football in midfield as well. Yeah, and not and not even just as a 10, like as a as a you know play deeper than that. And I, I never thought it suited him. Um so yeah I, I hope he gets a good run where he gets you know 30 starts under his belt at least and, and can have a bit of a run. Because there is talent in there. You can see it at times as, as much as as infuriating as he, as he could make you. 
Um, you know, he just needs he needs game time. Yeah, desperately. And obviously, with the World Cup being in November, like he needs to play every week because he can. He won't be able to force his way into the starting lineup, but he can get himself into a position where he gets game time. Yeah. Um, a, a move that, well, the only criticism is that the people that think he should be playing here, uh, Charlie Cresswell, Millwall, season long loan. That seems like a decent fit. Yeah, I, I feel without wanting to, uh, praise Millwall at all. I feel like Millwall fans will definitely get behind a big central defender. Yeah. Um, but no, again, if there's no sign of one of our other four central defenders moving on, there is no sense in being around and, and maybe playing in the League Cup and FA Cup and, and, and get on the bench for a couple of Premier League games. He, he's someone again at, at this point now needs to be, you know, I'm not saying he, he needs to start week in, week out at Millwall, but probably needs to be playing 20-odd games a season. Oh, you see, I, I think I think he'll play week in, week out at Millwall. I think he probably will as well, but I, I just mean he he needs to play a lot more than he did last season. Yeah, desperately. Um, like, Cresswell, the other thing is you're saying the four, and it is the four, but then after, what, a couple of months, we're probably going to have Ailing to be the fifth. Yeah. And Yelder. So, like, if you lose Cresswell, even if we do get a couple of injuries, it's still fine. Um, yeah, there, there is plenty of cover. Yeah, you say Millwall will take to a big lump in centre-half. Will they take to a little, tiny, quick central midfielder slash right-back? Because it's sounding pretty likely that Jamie Shackleton is going to be going there on a season-long loan as well. Yeah, I... Did you know an odd one that came out today? But again, I, I hope it works for him. He's another player who, at his age, desperately needs a, a, a year of first team football now. Because yeah, he's, that's the, he's, he's the, too he's old the main to be making one. twenty minutes off the bench every few weeks. He's twenty three in October. Hmm. Yeah, you know I mean, like that is that's a scene. That's it's not like a senior man in the dressing room. But that is a senior professional footballer. At, at this point, again, you'd want someone of his age to at least have a full season of first team football. I, I understand now that football being the way it is, a lot of younger players can sort of can break through a bit later. Mm. But yeah, that you know, he should have 30, 40 starts under his belt at this point. Um, Rafinha still hasn't gone anywhere. The updates today, you know, you don't know how reliable they are, is that Barcelona have matched Chelsea's bid. But obviously Chelsea's is all up front and Barcelona's won't be. Uh, the, the other thing... 20 quid a month for Yeah, it, it's also sound years. like... It sound like from what Jesse Marsh said, he ain't going to Australia. Like they were saying, oh... Maybe we'll have to see where it is, but he also said, "Look, he's got his hopes." He, he basically was saying, "Look, he's going. <laughs> we just need yeah. to know when." And but but it sounds like Leeds are putting a rush on it and want it done quick. And as much as I would much rather he went to Barcelona than Chelsea, one I hate Chelsea, two I'd rather he wasn't in the Premier League. If if Chelsea are offering sixty million up front and Barca won't give us the money, just sell it to Chelsea. We're not competing with Chelsea. No. It's not... It will really hurt when he scores against us, but... Oh, yeah. It'll hurt like I, fuck. Like I you don't say, want it... for the, for, after the season we've had, I fully understand the logic of, no, we, we need this money now. We are making big investments into the first team yeah. immediately. Because the idea being that at least if you make this outlay now, then in t over two, three years some of those will likely leave and we recoup a lot of that money anyway. Yeah. Well, so, yeah, the idea I, being we make profits on them, but you know, um, in an ideal world, Barca, like it, I'm, I'm guessing that what they're trying to do is get Barca to pay like 
you know, 35 up front and then instalments, and then they can go, all right, we can live with that, and you get the dream move. And there'll be there will be a midpoint where they'll probably do it. But mm. I don't know how Barcelona are bidding for anyone. Oh, they need to they need to raise they basically need to raise 500 million to be skint the the idea that they're they're interested not even in Rafinha at this point in someone like Lewandowski when they still can't register some of the players they have but if they sign Lewandowski for like 40 million that would be I mean I know that I say Leeds don't learn lessons but when you are absolutely skint if you spend 40 million euros on a 35 year old (laughs) <laughs> I mean, uh, and then the headliner, um, don't don't cry because he's gone. Smile because it happened. Calvin Phillips, Manchester City. It was always going to be the move, wasn't it? He's gone to a better place now. Yeah. The uh, I mean, as soon as Fernandinho wasn't staying on another season, the second that happened, I think this was absolutely nailed on. And Calvin Phillips has since said, oh, like, they rung me in sort of March. Mm. Which, there was some people getting really mad oh. at him on Twitter for, no, that's just how football works. I, I know it's how <laughs> football works. I probably wouldn't have mentioned it. I'd rather Be- because, because, talk- because the thing is, like, I think we're still at a stage where I think people are still getting used to the idea of like with Rafinha and Deco, this this idea that term, the terms of a contract have been negotiated well in advance of the actual transfer. That yeah. tapping up is no longer a thing. No. Really. And it never was, let's be honest. It's always been like this. It's just that it gets out now. I, li- I like the idea that, you, <laughs> that, yeah, this idea that teams just blindly bid for players and just go, oh, I like him, we'll make, make an offer and then we'll see what happens. Like, no, there's obviously conversations happen with agents and and things like, you know, it's it's it's, it's not quite football manager. You, you do obviously get in touch with the agent and say, you know, would there be any interest in this deal? Because um, otherwise everyone would be wasting a lot of time. Yeah, he's um, so he's gone there. He's got the number four shirt, which hurts a bit. I don't like that. Mm. Should have kept 23. He'll have that when he comes back. Yeah. He said he will be back. And I assume that's in like three years. In 18 months with his tail between his legs. We'll pass him on the way up. (laughs) No, I hope hope they win the Champions League. (laughs) I I said to you last night, I really hope it turns out that Calvin Phillips was the missing piece that they needed all along. And they they win. I hope they win the quadruple. So we can all look at Calvin and go... Yes, we won the quadruple. We did it through you, Calvin. Yeah. Well, that's what we did when James Milner won the Champions League, didn't we? <laughs> yeah. I'm um, with Man City. It's like good, yeah. good lad. He's obviously he's a cracking player. The fee, 42 million plus some add-ons. I think is a little bit low, but I don't think it's like so low that it's Making me fuming. It, it feels about five to five to seven million off, which yeah, ultimately, I don't think seven million really changes our transfer plans a whole lot. Um, oh. the, the, as I've said online, the success of this deal now is very much in how all our signings work out. If if we have a good, you know, even a solid season and finish twelfth, eleventh, the new signings look good. You don't worry about the seven million all of a sudden. It's mm. it's if we sell him and then we're back in a relegation fight, and then all of a sudden you you start questioning it. Um, yeah. Ultimately, like the, num- think- the number I had in my head the whole time was fifty million. Yeah. And yeah, it's a little bit like it. Also, might not be the worst thing in the world to be on terms with Man City. Yeah. As as depressing as that is, like. I don't think that we'll be able to do it, but if we could... You know, they've just sold that Romeo Olivia to Southampton. Mm. Decent fee, but buyback clause. If this allowed us to do something similar with someone like James McAtee... Yeah. yeah, Then all of a sudden, eh, it's probably not the worst thing being on good terms with him. 
No. Um, like you say, stuff like that. It's just kind of how football works now. You look at the cynical nature of Chelsea's whatever whatever it is you call it, stockpile. Human trafficking. Is, is probably, yeah. Um, I, 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 someone mentioned just uh, for the for the lawyers that was a joke. Yeah, <laughs> I, I can't remember what I was. I, it, it might have even been a talk sport I had on yesterday when I was on the way to pick you up and uh, Lucas uh, Pizon got a mention. Oh, Lucas Pizon, yeah, he was Piazon, there forever yeah, of, of his being there at the age of twenty six. Well, Lewis Baker only left this summer, didn't he? Yeah. So, uh, but. No, it's with, with Phillips. Like you say, it, it's kind of a, a wait and see now. If, if if we have a decent season, you forget about it fairly quickly. And yeah. you can't say we haven't invested. No, and Phillips himself, obviously, he's been brilliant for us. If, if as... we'd have had another season like like the, the, our, our first season back, you could have had the discussion about, go on, stick, just give it one more year. And see where we are. Well, to be honest, I think if we'd have cut, if if we would have built on the ninth place season and ended up eighth, I mm. think he probably would have signed a new deal. Yeah. But uh, is it because what is he twenty six? Yeah. If he's if he's gonna win things, it, he had to go, and I can't begrudge him it one because he's done so well. He's been in the team that got us promoted, all of that stuff. But also, he could have gone when we didn't go up. When we fucked up in the playoffs, yeah, he, he stuck around and gave it another year. Yeah, he could have gone then, and he didn't. And God, he must be so glad he didn't go to Villa. Yeah, but he's a no. It's a. It's not a good deal for us, but I don't think it's a terrible one. But it's a good deal for Phillips. I felt it's a good deal for Man City, and mm. it's not a bad deal for us as as a midpoint in a transfer. I think it's okay, but. When the actual announcement, I justified that in my head weeks ago, and when the actual announcement came through, I was very sad. Oh, re- <laughs> reading reading the letter. I, t- I tell you what got got me in the in the feels a little bit today. Have you read uh, Jack Wilshire's statement today? He's retired no, I, because I was working. I didn't get. Jack, I saw that he'd retired, but I haven't actually. Oh, I, t- I tell you what, as someone who had no real emotional attachment to it, reading it because his was like four pages. Um, I was just there going, oh, I, do, I, do, I do feel sorry for you. Well, it's because he, I mean, obviously, he's going to be fine, he's set for life, etc. Yeah, it could have been, um, it could have been like, yeah, the best player. And then I, I think, like, the first cut, the first or one of the first thing, like, images or whatever got put uh, underneath that was the goal against Norwich. Yeah, he's watching a card, like. And that was that was still at that point as well. We just went, oh god, when Arsenal are on it. Yeah. Right. Uh quickly, there's been some scholars sign new uh signed professional deals. Uh, goalkeeper Will Brook, who I haven't seen. Cuba Debo, who I believe when we signed him was called Cuba Klein. Uh, but right back. I've good reviews in 18s, but I haven't seen it myself. Harvey Sutcliffe, uh fullback, who has played for the played for the 23s a fair bit and looked decent. Uh, Keenan Carroll, Seb's kid, uh, winger, and uh, Luca Thomas, who got 15 in 17 for the uh, under 18s last season. I think he's got in 10 under 18 Premier League games in a row. Mm. So I don't know if he's going to be any good, but he obviously did well last season. And the excellently named Nick Nack has just asked, What do we think of the new signings? Well, that's what we're doing now. Uh, obviously, Here we we've talked. We've talked about Allenson and Christensen before. We've also talked about Matt Locker, but it has been confirmed since the last one. So Locker, 10 million from Bayern Munich. Deep lying playmaker type of midfielder, left sided centre mid, four year deal. Um he is in theory the exact type of midfielder I like. Get on the ball, pick a pass. It's what I like watching. And but at least with him, we can say based on what, an hour in a friendly? Yeah. Looks pretty good. World class. No, it, it was quite nice to hear the, the, the comments coming out of Bayern Munich as well were not that this was a failed transfer. It They just 
there just wasn't a place for him in that team, which which is understandable when you are so dominant in your in your league like that, you know. And, and they're a very good team, so it's it's not as if he turned up and and stank up the place. It's just struggled to establish himself there. So you know, it's a, a clean break was what was needed for him. Yeah, as I'm a, I'm looking forward to seeing him in there, and. You know, I suppose you you can't really replace Phillips, but if he's going to be, I I think that he that Rocker in theory is a better passer of the ball than Phillips, and if he's going to be part of the two, he doesn't need to do everything Phillips does. He just needs to do some of it. Yeah, Archie uh, Gray can do the rest. Yeah, ahead of on the bench, <laughs> uh, Tyler Adams, who we'll talk about next because he's probably. You would think going to be the right-sided centre mid in this. Uh, 20 million from RB Leipzig. Although it sounds like we're doing a bit of a Helder Costa deal with that, where it's like 4 million a year. Yeah. Over the length of the contract. Uh, yeah. Much more energetic centre mid, pre- really pressy, chase everything type. But more likely to fly into a tackle. So he's sort of in theory, replacing the physical defensive side of Phillips. Uh, yeah, f- five-year contract. Him and Locker, in theory, sounds like a good partnership. Yeah, and, and you know, we're now talking about someone who, you know, 75 games for Leipzig is a regular US international now, which it means a lot more than it did 10 years ago. Yeah. You know, they're a good side. He's, he's a good player who's played to a decent standard so far. So, um, yeah, again, very happy with it. It's, it there's, a, there's a little bit of it does smack of um, Howard Wilkinson's approach to to sorting leads out by just buying all his old players from Chef Wednesday and bringing them in. But It worked. It, I mean, yeah, if, <laughs> I, suppose, I suppose after the season we've just had, the idea, you know, the idea is that he, he probably needs some players in there that he knows he can trust to do to make the system work. And I think one of the issues was for him, what it, you know, because he clearly did want to implement this system when he first came in, but kind of became a needs must. Yeah. That you did have to work around Rafinha, where he, he is he was too good to be playing that system and, and being less effective that way. I suppose now the the idea that he's off and, and Phillips are off it, we now don't have to cater to the skill set of our best players because in the best way, they're moving on now so we can actually fully implement his ideas as opposed to trying to tell players of that quality, actually, I want you to play this way. Yeah. And the good thing is with Adams and Locker, they aren't players who will only work in a Jesse Marsh system. So, like, if if it doesn't work, we aren't just lumbered with someone who, like, this working is the only time. Working a big Sam system, too. Well, like, uh, when... Was it Mark Hughes that Stoke brought in after Pulis? Yes, the natural and said And said, we want you to now start trying to play some football. But he still had Pulis' squad. Hmm. So it just wasn't going to work. It was um, Wood, Woodgate. It, and it was the Jonathan Woodgate at Middlesbrough, wasn't it? Just, <laughs> you see this. Uh, you see this. This uh, workaday team. Was it Tony Mowbray? Oh, was that no, Pulis as well? That was Pulis as well, yeah, and then he got was, replaced sorry, by Warnock. Yeah, where they went. No, get these lot playing some football. Actually, no. Yeah. We'll, we'll get Neil Warnock in instead, and Woodgate's like, "Well, what was my mandate there?" Yeah, and then like the only four players that were any good. For Woodgate, were like four kids out of the academy. Yeah. <laughs> um, one of the many back because you would think it's going to be Adams and Rocker, and then you've got, for, you know, Farshaw will drop. Will now be a sub. Click will probably be a sub. Archie Gray will of course be a sub, but another one who might be on the bench a fair bit is. I still haven't watched the video where he pronounces his own name, but is it Daco Giabi? Giabi, Giabi. Yeah, I think it's soft G, but five million from Man City, which is a lot for a youth player. 
it's but, what happens. It's, again, it's the, it's the way football is now that you can have someone who plays no first team football if they've if they've got a bit of a reputation to them. It, you can still end up paying eight million pounds. Yeah, well, absolutely, it's not something I'm privy to. But Phil here was saying on one of it, one of his shows that the uh, all the agents are talking about how the under twenty one market's gone mental this summer. You know, mm-hmm. last year where there was players that you could pick up, like Sam Greenwood, who that's a couple of years ago now, but he was a really highly rated young player, and we picked him up for a couple of million. That same deal now is like seven. Yeah. So we'll we'll see how it is. Um, but he, I can't say I've never seen him play aside from a sub appearance at Ellen Road against us. And but the truth is, I wasn't really paying attention to him. I was just watching Man City be better than us. Yeah. So, and I was so distracted by the likes of James McAtee <laughs> and how good he looked. So uh, that's one where we just need to see if it works out. My main hope with GRB is that he starts well. Because with him, I know that they're two separate transfers, but with him basically being part of the Phillips deal. It's the Carlton he- Palmer. Yeah, he really could do with a good start. <laughs> just don't to give get him pe- number 23, for God's sake. Yeah, yeah don't do that. Um, don't have a 23. <laughs> don't retire his number. Just don't have it, one. Just leave it for a while. Just leave it for a year. <laughs> um, yeah, so if he has a good start and gets people on side, that'll help. Because you would think he's going to be starting every week in the 23s. 21s. The Bs. Yeah. Um, I'd like to see, there's a bit of me brain going him and Bate that'll be fun but I don't want to see Bate in the 21s I want him to go out on loan yeah it, it would make sense at this point now that Forshaw and Clicker are going to be you know third and fourth choice mm. and if Archie Gray is going to be Archie Gray is clearly jumped ahead of him in the pecking order now yeah um I mean, and then, like we've said, Mason Greenwood can play there. So it, there's who? a lot of options. Who? So. Which, which sorry, awful sorry, human being? Sorry, Sam Greenwood. What the fuck is wrong sorry. with you, KC? Fuck sorry. you. Get off my podcast right now. So- sorry. <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> sorry, Sam. Apologise louder. Do it again. So- I'm sorry, Sam. <laughs> What's wrong with you? <laughs> I'm, I'm warm and tired. Anyway, KC's gone. Right, uh, this is now a solo podcast. I fired him. <laughs> For fuck's sake. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. The, the um, red face is from warmth and from laughter. Yeah, between be, between all of them, there is no reason for Bate to not go out. I yeah. mean, that's we didn't even mention Robin Cock, who in an emergency could play there as well. Uh, so, yeah, hopefully he starts well. And then we're on to the final one and the most exciting one. Louis Sinistera. They reckon it's about £21.5 million from Feyenoord. Winger. He is basically, in theory, our Rafinha replacement. Uh, Dan James. Now you shouldn't get you should not get excited by watching like a six minute long video. But I did. I fell for it. Hook, line, and sinker. Uh this guy looks like a fucking world beater if you if he gets it right. I I genuinely have it's been a long time since I've ever looked at YouTube clips. Because I've I've I've, I've got to the point where I've just seen so many of them that don't work out or they just don't move or whatever. Um, so I, ju- I just kind of leave it. But um, I didn't search them out on YouTube. They popped up on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> I I actively av- avoid them now. Yeah. <laughs> I throw my phone away. Yeah. He looks like he really looks to be great at beating a player. He looks quick. He looks really two-footed, especially when he's finishing. Mm. Um, I can't. I, I haven't actually noted down what his goal record was last season, but it was really good. Like 
rather than winning two. He won the Young Player of the Year for that UEFA Conference League as Feyenoord got to the final. He got a fair um, few goals as well, didn't he, on the, oh, on the way? I think, he, I think he was 6 in 12 in the Conference League. I can't actually remember what his league record was, but it was really good. He got like 17 goals or something like that. He just looks like a really fun player. Yeah. And Much, uh, yeah, I, th- I think that's one of the things that this team is, you would say, would lack if without someone like Rafinha is a bit of flair. As much as I, as much as I love Jack Harrison and as effective as Dan James can be, sometimes, yes. Um, By the way, it was 12, 12 goals, seven assists in thirty. It's solid. Yeah, it's, it's not bad. Um, oh, see, I, I, my apologies to Nick Nack. I shouldn't have looked that up because he said, <laughs> "Cheers, mate." <laughs> but, um. Yeah, you know, we do, we do need a bit of flair in there. I don't think it's coming from Rodrigo. No, so. I, I still I still wouldn't be shocked if by the end of August, Rodrigo isn't here. Mm, yeah. I, Especially if we, if we actually sign a striker. I can't say I wouldn't be open to it. No. But Sinistera is my one that I'm like pinning my hopes and dreams on at the moment. Yeah, there, there is that little bit of my brain that's going, or oh, we could just like not sell Rafinha and have him on each side and just have so much sauce. <laughs> <laughs> and just any time we score a goal, watching both dance. Because Sinister, you think Rafinha likes a dance? Have you seen when Sinister scores a goal? He no, really loves a dance. I haven't. He loves a dance. <laughs> uh, the couple of links that are fairly strong. I've mentioned just time and earlier, even though. We must. We're not favourites. The Shala de Ketelaras thing isn't going away. Apparently, we are willing to pay thirty-two million, which sounds like an amount Bruges are willing to take. It's just whether Milan are willing to match it. Uh, hopefully, that happens. But one of the things that I love about these signings, like them four, and it goes for Aronson and Christensen as well. Aronson's a little bit slight, but he's not small. Christensen's a big lad. Rocker's fairly big. Adams isn't big, but he's a good athlete. Sinistera looks the same. Giabi, big, good athlete. All look like technically good players. And look, Giabi's, Giabi's 18, Sinistera 23, Adams 23, Rocker 25. What's Aronson? 21? And I think, yeah. I, I'm not sure how old Rasmus Christensen is, but he isn't old. He's 24. Vic, we had a gap in our squad for it that everyone talked about where we had kids like people up to 21 and 30 year olds and up and Calvin Phillips. Yeah. <laughs> like it, that was it, our squad. It, it was Calvin and Pat with the two yeah. with the two right in the middle. So this it seems like I would say our squad. Like if if assuming Rafinha goes because he is, we are going to lose a little bit. You lose Rafinha and Calvin Phillips, you are going to lose something. But I think the bottom of the squad has been brought up significantly. Yeah, it it, it was that not so much the age gap now, but the ability gap that needed to be bridged between. You know when when you were looking at the fact that you know we might have, you know Phillips. Farshar and Clickall playing in midfield, and then Lewis Bate was next. Or you know, if we weren't having to move Robin Cop forward, and it's it's now meaning that, that those players are are moving to the bench, so that when you have an injury or when you need to make a change in a game, that you are at least bringing someone on with an amount of first team football experience now. Yeah. As as, so, as as highly rated as as Lewis Bates is by this podcast, you know he he wasn't really the player we wanted to see starting in midfield against Chelsea. Yeah, at this stage. Although I kind of did, you know. <laughs> to be honest, I think if, uh, if it if we'd have been fourteenth, 
fine, knock yourself yeah. out. It was it was the circumstances I think that that uh, meant we didn't quite want that. Yeah, Jason Middleton said in the CBK saga, we're Chelsea, Milan, and Barcelona. Yeah, and I think that Barcelona will get Rafinha, and I think Milan will get the Ketelara. But we'll see. I'm we'll sure get that John if... Kevin Augustan. Who? Yeah, so, sorry, I don't, I don't know where. Uh, by is. the way, have you se- have you seen by the way? Because he's gone to is it Baal? But he's yeah. done his he's done his ligaments and he's out for months immediately. I mean, like as much as we joke about it, he's had a rough old go of it. He has had a rough go of it for a footballer. Yeah. Don't get me wrong; he's still on loads of money, all of that stuff. But he has been unlucky. Uh, as we we nearly at an hour, so I will just ask sort of two things to get it to about that. One, so far, out of ten, what do you reckon the transfer window is? I'm going to say... I'm going to say a seven. I, 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 I'm pretty happy with the signings that have come in so far. They are... I, I think, for the most part, they're improvements on what we've got, or they are filling the gaps that needed filling. Um... And, and I, I think it's that as well because we all expected Calvin to go. We expect Rafinha to go. You know, it's not it's not like Rio Ferdinand leaving, where we you know we'd had a really good season and then he'd had his head turned. You know, this is coming. Yeah. So, in, in that regard, I prepared not emotionally because clearly I haven't emotionally prepared myself for Calvin leaving, but. I know it's coming, so it's not. I'm not disappointed by it. Yeah, I I had a six in my head just because I don't think I can go much higher than that when you're losing what might what probably your two best players. I don't think it's a probably, is it? No, but the <laughs> well, Archie Gray, uh, <laughs> but will um I can't go higher than that. But a, a lot will depend on what happens with the rest. You know, if we're getting a striker and a left back as well. Hmm. If they both ended up being players that are right, De Kessler and, and Time and Rock up and I mean I would take both of them, but like I'm sure that there's probably a bit, there might well be a better option than Time, but Time still only 23, so we'll see. And the other thing I was going to say is if the first game of season was in like three days, what do you think the team would be? Oof. Be I'm thinking Melian goal. Christensen, Cop, probably Strike, but it'd be it'd Strike or Cooper. I, I think that one's fairly flexible at this point. I'd be interested to see. Um, and Furpo. Yeah, for what it's worth, I, just because I'm the same so far, basically, I think Cooper will just edge it out. Hmm. Um, Rocker, Adams... Uh, Aronson and, and Harrison, mm. probably. Bamford, Gelhart. Yeah, I'm I, literally. I am the same because I think Sinistera will be like when Rafinha first came. I think it'll be three or four games where he's mm. on the bench, and we'll see what happens from there. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that'll be um. I, I, I'm I'm all excited again now. <laughs> like I'm fully oh god I, I I really I I wish that we could skip forward to the start of the season. I know you don't because you're off on holiday next week. <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of want to enjoy that first. Yeah. Um the, I was very, very relieved when they released that thing saying Bamford was never playing in this one. He is going to Australia, don't worry. Because when we didn't see him, everyone did panic. Hmm. But yeah, just as we're coming up to our map, that'll be about perfect. So uh, that'll do us for episode 162 at Mike White's podcast. I'm not sure exactly when we'll be back. Uh, what date do you go on holiday? Uh, go on the 16th and I'm back on the 23rd. Go on the 16th. It's a week, a well, week tomorrow. In, well, in fact, Leeds play Brisbane on the 14th. So maybe like the evening of the 14th, maybe. We should probably try and do one just before you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that'll holiday podcast. Yeah. Hey, I I'd do it. I'll have some <laughs> if, time. 
if your Wi-Fi's free. Or it's someone's villa. Where, where in a villa, so. yeah, Wi-Fi's not a problem. Yeah, yeah it's not... It. You're not in a hotel. still a thing. I'll get no, to one of them. It's not that hotels don't have Wi-Fi, it's that it's always shit. Hmm. But the, uh, yeah, you're, you're in a house, basically, so it'll be fine. I'm a um, so, yeah, that'll do us for episode 162. I've been Jack, see ya. I've been Casey. Sorry, Sam. In a bit. <laughs>